0: Hi there i'm barbara mays and you're listening to the thrive matters podcast your weekly inspiration and resource for growth practical skills and innovative solutions to thrive in your career business leadership personal and professional development And welcome to today's episode called Success Tips for Career Transitions and Salary Negotiations. I'm super excited about today's episode because I have two brilliant millennials in the room with me named Satara Russell and Gary Mays. These two millennials, I am very happy and proud of because they are my children, and I get to interview them today. I've been watching them grow, obviously, since they were born, and I've been really watching them thrive in life using all of the success tools um, that they've gotten from education and whatever um, they were taught through um, the environment, you know, whatever environmental um, disciplines that they did. So I just want to hear from him, from them today and allow you to hear them just speak candidly about how they are um, leading out um, in their careers. And also they launched businesses for 2020. It was amazing to be able to watch them just step out and you know, thrive and have the courage to take on new businesses that got them real customers. So hopefully we can hear about that. But the first thing I want to do is to kick off with a couple of icebreakers. Y'all ready for this?
1: Yep, yep. Yep, for sure. For sure.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go ahead and kick off with the first icebreaker. Um, This is called It Would Be Better If. So whatever you want to put on the end of that, it would be better if, let's start with Satara.
2: It would be better if we didn't have to. Toll (laughs) roads. Toll roads, yes. So we're in Texas. I don't know how it is in other states, but in Texas, toll roads are a big thing. It's a big money business, and I'm tired of it. tired of the fees, the tickets.
0: (laughs) All right, right. That's a good one, Tara. Um, How about you, Gary?
1: Uh, For me, I would say uh, shorten the American work week and shorten the American school week. So that you know, people who work full time for like large corporations and organizations, and also school children uh, the same age they don't have to spend eight hours every day just doing busy work. Uh, Other countries have like a lighter work. We can still get the same amount of things done. And school children, a lot of them don't learn from just sitting doing worksheets. So if we can come up with a creative way to, you know, spend that time that everybody's spending away from home, you know, uh, I think that'll be a good good idea in America. Wow, that's a good one. That was deep. It got that was deep. deep. <laughs>
0: that was deep. <laughs> that broke the ice, all right. Both of y'all. Yeah. I like your, um, I like your, it would be better if. I have, I have a couple of them actually, which might be a little funny, but when I go downtown and have to like take care of business and you ever pull up to a parking meter and like have to think about, can I park now or what you looking at your watch? So it'd be better if the parking meters just said when you can park. Thank you. <laughs> Why is it so complicated? Because <laughs> I, I, get, I get really confused on that. And then um, my other one, it would be better if government agencies would move into a total electronic system. So let me explain this. So like if you're filling out some sort of form online, you have to print that form and then go fax it. So it would be better if they stayed electronic, whatever the responses in the questionnaires or what have you that you are answering, if that can download um, to some database and you know get you get you what you want, and you know you don't have to do all of that come out of electronic and then do some manual work. All right, all wow. right, y'all so- came with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we ready for the next one. All right, so yes. this one is more about yourselves like Mm. so I want to ask and you can jump in whoever could be first um do you think that you are a structural or a creative person or both Mm. um
1: I think that I'm more of a creative person um I don't like that uh super strict deadlines and things like that i just do it because of that's how things get done but i prefer to uh, you know work creatively so uh i think i think in a different world i probably would have been born on an island or something like that (laughs) to be on like island time relaxation you know i prefer to work like that but to get things done we have to have some type of structure so you know I do it to do things the right way and do things in a timely fashion. Um, because even creative things, you still have to have a, a a deadline in order to, you know, release product or, you know, get product, things out there to the masses or get information out. But in the perfect world, I'd probably be on a beach somewhere just chilling, you know, <laughs> thinking <laughs> creative thoughts. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's cool. Um, All right, Sitar. I
2: think I'm a little bit of both, but I fall more so on the structure, uh, spectrum of things. Um, I do like to plan out my day. I, I have children, I have two small children, so I have to do, um, I block out uh, an hour of time a day. Um, but then I also do like the creative free flowing aspect of things. And so, cause I can be very structured, um, So, yeah, I I think my biggest thing is I don't like when other people put the structure on me. I want to create my own (laughs) structure. Let me come up with the time and day and what I want to do. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: All right. That's cool. That's cool. I think I would consider myself both because I have to, you know, even in like the line of work that I do, it's, it's very creative. Like working in technology is, is very creative, but it's also very structured. Um, There are timelines and things like that. There are specs that you have to, that are required. So I think I'm a little bit of both, but I'm more lean towards the creative side Mm -hmm. because I just like having the time and opportunity to just, create and let creative juices flow. I don't like to put myself in, um, in a box where I can't be as creative, uh, as I can be. Hmm. All right. All right. So are we ready for the main segment? Yes, we (laughs) are.
2: Let's get into it.
0: Let's get into it. Yeah. So I want to, to, um, talk to you about, um, success tips for salary negotiations, as well as career transitions. Um, and I'm going to do a little bit of storytelling to kick this off, um, so that I can give, um, the guests, um, their timeliness to be able to uh, respond in their own way. So I was in a career and, I was given the opportunity to learn like this new skill and, you know, began taking classes. Little did I know that this new skill was in high demand. So I decided to go ahead and follow up on it, got through the interview process and was asked the question, how much do you want to make? What are your thoughts about what you want to make? This is a new industry for me. This is a career transition, and I don't even know that it's in as high of a demand as it is. So I gave a number, approximately twenty to twenty-five thousand more than I was making, and I was good with that. I gave that number. I said I want to be between here and here, and I gave a ten thousand dollar range. So. The person says, okay, they hit me in the middle. I was like, "Life is good." After a couple of months, I realized that I low-balled myself. <laughs>
2: hmm.
0: While I was making while I was making 20,000 dollars more money, I, I had low-balled. And the interesting thing is that, the way that I found out was my coach. And my team leads, they now see my work effort and ethics. And they said, you're not making enough money. Mm. So that's good in the story, right? Yeah. In the Mm -hmm. story. I'm happy with that. Mm -hmm. I'm happy because I'm feeling like I (laughs) lowballed myself. And now I see um, that that someone is telling me that they have been discussing this. So Mm. came time for the raise and I got about a 75 cents an hour raise. At that moment, I'm like thankful and grateful, but I'm feeling like, no, nah, this, the way that I lowballed myself, it's not getting me to where I need it to be. So my response was an email. Mm. I drafted the first, <laughs> the first email. And I was like, no, don't send that. that's got some emotion in it that's not gonna fly yeah and then I just you know just kind of took a deep breath and I wrote an email to my surprise that next morning they came back with a nine thousand seven hundred dollar raise a year so I call that the ninety seven hundred dollar email wow and that was my first kind of real deal experience with, hey, Barb, you got to do some more serious negotiations and fact-checking on the front end. Mm. So let's hear from Satara. You ever had a situation where you had to negotiate and it worked out for you? How do you f- even feel about negotiating a salary? So, I'm gonna hear from the man. <laughs> I'll hear from your brother next, you know, yeah. as a guy, but as women, there is a different dynamic that hits us when it comes to negotiations. So, go ahead, Satara. Yes. Um, and I feel like women, we
2: come at things a little bit more emotionally. Um, whenever I think of negotiation, I, I think that's just such a big, intimidating word. And for me, um, I've just always been scared. I've just, just been shy, hesitant about it. Um, when I've tried it before it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just kind of like, mm, I don't, we'll see what they, you know, <laughs> we'll see what they give me, you know, when I go to jobs or when I apply for a job, um, if it's good enough, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. But, Um, I've just heard from so many different sources and even you, you know, my that, you know, Hey, like you're worth it. Like go Mm -hmm. for it. It's always, um, something on the table. So there's always a, um, there's a range. So they Mm -hmm. may give you the lower end of the range and then you try to go high or you, you know, you, you get somewhere in the middle. Um, what's interesting is that the current role that I was in um I worked on like vehicle valuations and so in that process I'm it's, it's something where you are trying to negotiate Mm -hmm. with the customer. Um, and they're trying to negotiate and, and, and figure out what their car is worth and, and they're trying to get more and they're trying to add on things and they're trying, they're looking at the comparables. Um, and it's like, that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm having that conversation with the customer, but when it comes to me in my own life, I am not willing (laughs) to, I'm, I'm hesitant to do so. Um, so, um, I'll give my story on how I accidentally um negotiated. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll talk about that. So, right. um, I was looking to switch my career field and go into a different industry and so I started applying for jobs um within like the mortgage real estate industry and so I started to apply for some jobs and I started to get like um traction right away, literally like interviews, phone calls, emails. And um it's if I can note a couple things for me, um, I will say previously, whenever I look for a job, sometimes it might have been out of desperation or just, oh my God, there's a need. Oh my God, like I'm you know, I I need a transition. I, I need something new. And with this situation, I found myself at peace there was no desperation there. Um, I'm, if, if, if I want to talk about, um, inwardly, I was trusting God in this. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that you literally, whatever you attract is what you get. And Mm -hmm. so if I'm putting out there good vibes and trusting God and, trusting the process, knowing everything is going to work out for me and just putting all those vibes out there. That's literally what I was getting in return. So these jobs were reaching out. And it's like, I want to interview with you. I want to talk with you. Like, you know, and even in the different interview processes with the different companies, um, they're telling me, giving me great feedback. We're enjoying these conversations. Let's move on to the next step. Let's move on to the next interview. And so
0: can I, can I just, this is so cool. Now, how are you feeling at this point? Um, how do you feel (laughs) when the tables turn and they're coming after you and they're liking what you're saying? What are you thinking? Um, it's exhilarating.
2: I, I feel good. I I feel like the biggest confidence boost that I've I've had, especially wow. when it comes to my career field, because um, if I'm being honest, it um, I, I've had some hard times <laughs> when it comes to my career. So to be on the upward spiral of where these companies are actually selling themselves and marketing to you, it's like, oh, I this is <laughs> in my favor. Right. <laughs> so it's it's it, it it felt amazing. So um I've continued these interviews. I had some interviews set up. And um, the one job that I really, I really wanted, this was the number one on my list, called me and they offered the job. And the first thing that I had been working with the VP of HR, the first thing that they told me was that, hey, we really love your personality. We love you, like your resume, like everything speaks for itself. She even noted that, hey, like I really enjoyed our last few conversations and interactions. And for me, I, literally, so what I was saying about what you put out there, it, it, it they were receiving it. Mm-hmm. And I did tell her, I said, Hey, I, you never know how you're being perceived at an interview. So it's good to know that, um, it it was well received on you guys's end. So, um, so yeah, so we got to the point where we, you know, started talking about the money and she offered one amount. And honestly, I just, you know, Hey, I'm, I was willing to move forward. Um, but I did want to let her know that, Hey, I actually have an interview this afternoon and I have another interview the next day. And I said Okay, you know,
0: so she she gives you an offer. Yes. You love it. Yes. But you give her that respect and integrity to say I have an interview. Yes, I have two
2: interviews (laughs) coming up and literally one was in like 30 minutes of that conversation. So I just wanted to let her know like, hey, I have these interviews coming up. Will you give me um, 24 hours? And I got that tip from Ma, um, but usually you use that as a tactic to negotiate and I wasn't trying to (laughs) negotiate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> actually was being honest, like I did want to go ahead and go through with these interviews just to, you know, um, I, I wanted to see what else they had to offer as well. So right. um, so when that came out of my mouth, telling her, hey, I have, you know, two other interviews immediately, she offered me the high amount. Wow. <laughs> the highest amount, actually, <laughs> which was a five thousand dollar increase of what she offered me previously within
0: the same conversation. Yes, within the same maybe 15 minutes. Yes, there's an Absolutely. increase of 5,000. Yes. That's mad crazy. I'll
2: say within awesome. a minute or two.
0: Wow. <laughs> yes, And you didn't know yes. you were negotiating. No, I think
2: <laughs> I had <laughs> no idea I was in a negotiation. Um because I thought she was going to say, "Oh yeah,
0: yeah, give me 24 hours and let me know." <laughs> yeah. There there's a real principle at play. And and I've done this in my younger years, you know, you're looking for a job like one of my favorite jobs is Taco Bell. Like I had to get in. Like (laughs) I'm a pass this math test. Yes. I know how to do this. My life was about making tacos. That was in high school. Right. Mm -hmm. So at that point, like you're sitting across from the manager that's interviewing you, uh, which, which, oh, by the way, I wanted this job so bad. I called there every day. Are you hiring? Are you hiring? Are you hiring? (laughs) Yeah. So I use that tactic, but When sitting across the interview with a manager, um, I'm feeling like I hope they accept me. Like I have to answer the questions in the way that they want to hear them so that they'll accept them. But I realized throughout my career, and there's a principle at play with you and Gary, Mm -hmm. I know this happened um, with you too. And with a lot of other people out there, the big principle at play is that you get to interview this company to see if your skills And your talent is a right fit for you so that you can continue in the creativity and be as creative and go as high as you want to go. There are ceiling levels involved and all of that, but we don't don't often think about that when we're in those situations, like you said, of desperation. I just need me a job. I want to get me some Levi's (laughs) at the end of the day in high school, so- You know, it's that. So that that's a great principle, because you were able to communicate that um, you have some skills that they can use. And then they started pursuing you. Yes. They wanted you at the end of the day.
2: That was the experience. Like she was, um, they sent me like some of the information on the company benefits and things like that. And she wanted to know, did you look at it? What do you think about our I'm courting benefits, you, girl? I'm courting you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we were dating. <laughs> but yes, and 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 if I could also note, previously um, at my position before this. Um, I did try to negotiate and um, I didn't have any experience in that particular role. And that's what they told me that, hey, we're not going to, you know, give you more. This is this is the final offer. You don't have any experience. It is what it is. But with this position, I didn't have any experience (laughs) and they offered me more. So I think the biggest lesson that I learned is that it's sometimes it's about the company and what they value about Mm -hmm. you.
0: No, that's 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 really cool. Um and Gary before you um take the mic. I I I do want to say that negotiation is not always money either. I remember negotiating for knowledge mm. um and education. I started off um that same new career in a training position and as I began to train which I love 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 to do. I began to wonder, hey, how is that button created that the user select or why is that color of the screen green and, you know, do some technicals. I wanted to get behind the scenes and start building. And I knew I didn't have that level of experience. I had a certificate. I had some education. So when a recruiter came to me, I was honest with that. And I said, hey, I know, I knew I wanted to make more money than what I was making. So I negotiated that, but I was like, you know what? I want to learn how to build the system mm. and I'm willing to negotiate not coming in at, you would, um, at a level that you would consider to be more experienced. And they took that and I learned and then later built and con- could negotiate more. So that's, that's another wow. principle. It's yeah. not always money. You can get some great experience out of it and knowledge. All right. So Gary, <laughs> you want to tell that's us right. about negotiations. I want to hear from a male perspective about how you handle or how males handle negotiations. Cause we're hearing out here that <laughs> males do a better job with negotiation, with negotiating their salaries than females so what's your approach to it
1: um my approach uh the, the couple of times that I did it one, one time that i could uh remember is that um uh, i started out at a uh, company's headquarters and um this department had two different divisions and when i first started um they said hey this two pieces to this role. Some people will be working, you know, the phones, um, you know, providing technical support. And then there's this IT warehouse. Uh, So like the first day or so, they had just um, all of the new hires, you know, training them to be on the phones, but then they asked hey, does anyone want to check out the IT warehouse? So I think I was maybe like the only one who wanted to check out the IT warehouse. And and this IT warehouse is where they imaged uh, computers, uh, refurbished uh, computers, getting them back ready to be shipped out to the different, um, the various locations. Mm. So um, it was kind of dirty work. Uh, it was a hybrid role, like, warehouse work that you would see at UPS and FedEx, but then the IT component of Mm. actually re-imaging the the computers for um, different locations, re-imaging kiosks with uh, special software, things like that, swapping out hard drives, things like that. So um, just by chance, I ended up Doing that as my role, I would only go up and provide phone support if they needed an extra hand. But as my role, I, um, you know, was kind of like an apprentice to the uh, IT warehouse manager. Mm, and wow. um, so then the story takes a U-turn. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, Some authorities came and uh, kind of grabbed up the... I the IT warehouse manager that I was an apprentice under. Okay. And it just so happened that <laughs> no movie. one else had volunteered to work down there with him, except for me. Wow. And so it was kind of like a, a gray period or kind of like an interim period mm-hmm. where no one knew if he was gonna come back or not. Well, just so happened that he was never gonna come back. <laughs> So then I was over the IT warehouse and what? the projects. Wow. And so we had to move forward. And now it's like I'm thrust into a manager's position. Mm. So now the responsibilities on my hand. Yeah. So I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And then I just had an aha moment or I realized like, hold on. I'm the manager now. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, man. So I had to, uh, what I did is uh, I crafted an email to, like, the operations manager that was running the entire project. And like, hey, I need to discuss um, salary because now I'm the manager. Yeah. Oh, here. Okay. So you were, <laughs> given,
0: you were given the position and y'all hadn't talked.
1: No, because, talked because the, the, the project had to move. This company had... I worked for the head. Same company. Yeah, it I was. was I team. worked at the headquarters for a company, an international company that wow. had uh, retail locations, thousands of retail locations, and a special project that was going on at the time. So yeah. it, they couldn't just stop it because that one dude had got apprehended. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. So. I got kind of thrust into the position until yeah. I realized like, hold on, I'm the manager now. And I had people wow. under me too. Wow. So ah. then I got a couple of, uh, uh instant messages. I, don't, I can't remember if it was before the time that I asked for the meeting or after I feel like it was after and they were on the same page as me. Mm. they were like, Hey, you know, you're the manager now. I hope you asked for a raise. And so mm, I think it was going good. on at the same time. So, I had set up a meeting and said, Hey, I need to discuss salary. Um, because I'm the manager now yes. and the operations manager said, Hey, I'll tell you what, we just need to observe you for a week, even though I had already been doing it. Right. Yes. And right. he said, we will just observe you for a week and check out the numbers because like we were getting out thousands of dollars of equipment every week. So yes. needed to see if we were getting it done without that much error. Mm -hmm. And then that week came and went and uh, I ended up getting like, you know, a few thousand dollars uh, bump uh, in in my uh, salary. So it was it was a crazy experience, but I I actually enjoyed it and, um, you know, came with a few responsibilities. But that's something that will always be on my resume and that I can always talk about.
2: Yeah, a manager role in IT—that's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's major.
0: Yeah, that is major. You know, one of the things that I like—I um, think about when you were talking about your new role. And by the way, that was a trans—that was a career transition for you. Yeah, because you were in the cellular industry, cell you were in the cell phone industry, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you want to talk about like that mindset changed to, to go and to mm. a whole nother industry. And as soon as you got over there, it was just like, so promising. Mm. But I have a question for the both of you. What do you think? All right. Cause Gary mentioned a couple of things that stuck out. So with respects to promotions, do you think that you get promoted by hard work relationship, building relationships or both?
1: Uh, in my experience, uh, I think it's relationships, but if you are in a place that, you know, is by the numbers, then I think you can move up that way, but just the way the world works is relationship-based. But if it's a place that's looking for numbers, like I said, like if it's a place that they just go by the numbers, hey, this person did this, this person did this, and you could just Show you know when it's time to discuss your marriage and um discuss your yearly plan or the company's goals, and you say, "Hey, I helped out in this 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 way, you have to do this, then I think you could get a promotion that way, but just in life in general, uh relationships are golden that's yeah relationships are paramount that's
0: good
2: char yeah. how about you yeah, I agree um I so I've always been um uh, a hard worker. I think me and Gary both we get our hard work ethic from our parents, um, and just that good old Ohio background. Hi. But <laughs> um and uh I've noticed that although you can be an amazing worker and um, you can be the one that, you know, people call on and you can be seen as a leader. If you don't have those relationships, if you don't know people in different departments, um, if you're not building those relationships with managers and the managers, manager and the higher ups, um, then that hard work sometimes can, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Unfortunately, I've I've been told by, you know, even certain managers that, you know, if you know so-and-so, you'll be able to get in this position or that position. So um, I think relationships is 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 um, yeah, just the way it works.
0: Yeah. Um, that is definitely spot on. I used to be the person who, I mean, just because I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like like Tara is saying, like being from Ohio or what have you. I don't know. But it's just like this working hard, this work ethic. And I learned that it's both, it's about building relationships as well, but it's also about making sure that you're doing the right work because at the end of the day, um, and and I'm gonna give this a little twist because there are certain relationships that you build within a company. Um, Some of them are mentors, some of them are sponsors. So at the end of the day, you want to work smarter, not just harder. Like, yeah, you bad. know, mm-hmm. and you could be used to there are some certain people that are just used to, oh, you need I <laughs> I'll go back to this because mm-hmm. it's just kind of simple way to look at things like I worked at Taco Bell, like right by University of Toledo. So we would have our, you know, moments where a whole, you know, everybody pours in And we would have these races, like, how many tacos can you make? Like, and we, you know, so I was in that zone of how much you could do and produce. But if you're not ticking the right box, Mm. then a mentor or a sponsor, that's a conversation. So at the end of the day, yeah, we build relationships and that is the big factor. But you want to make sure that you are integral and you tick the right boxes for that company that as you both kind of had mentioned, you want to bring some sort of a value add or a profit, you know, to being there. And a sponsor is a person who can take you and say, hey, Satara is this. I think, I think she's the role. She has the talent to do this role or Gary or, you know, whoever. And they'll bring you in that room and can get you that, that promotion. So that's good. I had to learn that. Yeah.
2: I'm glad you brought up um integrity because I was gonna touch on that. Like I think character is a big thing. Um and whether you're transitioning into a new job or, you know, moving to another job or um, you're being promoted or going to a different department, people talk. And it, when you have those relationships, you know, if you're a person of character and integrity, um, then, you know, that's going to come up. Your name is going to come up in a good way. Your yeah. um, uh, reput oh, What is <laughs> goodness. Reputation, uh, reputation yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is a really big thing. And I don't know that we value that in our culture now um, or just where we are in 2020 with social media. I don't know how much we value um, reputation. My Um, growing up, one of the biggest things, you know, my dad would always say like, you know, the family name, that's all we got. Like that's the, you know, he, he instilled in me that old value system. And I don't know if that's like a lost thing or reputation matters these days.
1: Yeah. It depends on who, depends on who you're asking and who you're dealing with. Some people value, you know, fame or money or just depends, you know, it's kind of like finding finding uh your tribe, you know, people that you get along with and agree with. But of course in in the corporate world, that's not always easy, but still uh at the end of the day, it might be um what do you say? It might be God's work, but mm-hmm. sometimes the cream always does rise to the top. Like somebody even if you're being like integral and good and it seems like that might not be getting you anywhere, but somebody you'll see you and then, you know, you'll be rewarded for it, you know?
2: Wow, that's yeah. good. That's really good.
0: Serious um, gems. No, that's really good. That matters. Um, ethics matters, how you do it, um, who you're, knowing who your real customer is, um, coming into it with that in mind, how to be the best value add, what does your customer need? Mm. I think one of my biggest value systems, you know, with um, character integrity is service. Mm. Like, I I, I want to know at the end of the day, like, who the real customers are. Um, it could be your coworkers. It could be, you know, you c- you could feed other coworkers that feed to the direct customer that then that customer says hey this is a great company and you know it takes time but that that value add comes around and it's not always about being like that center of attention it's about you know being able to be available to give you know the best value add for that particular situation um and i've been in both like in in rooms where it's like yeah i'm listening Mm-hmm. and i and i'm gaining knowledge here and i'm going to take that knowledge and i'm going to study or what have you then there were opportunities to where you know i could speak up and add value so it's both you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's both um but it's knowing your customer who your customers are and having that value add so i'm i'm thankful you guys brought that up because it's not just the job it's you coming in as a person because you're building your career story you're building a career story. We call it a resume, but you, you're building a career story. And I've had situations where, um, and I work uh, with a kind of like a close-knit group of, of people. We may not all work at the same company, but we look out for each other. And so we'll refer each other and things like that. So having that close-knit group, having those value systems that definitely help to, to get you in a door and keep you successful. In, what's your career story?
2: I love that, your career story. I, I love mm-hmm. how you said that. And I, I think all of this goes into like personal branding, you know, mm-hmm. Um, Because that's something that that we don't often talk about. Like um, you can have those relationships. You can be a hard worker, but your brand having that character integrity and also your appearance, the way you literally you are your own market. So the way you walk around, the way you talk, the way you present yourself, your demeanor, um, whether that be via Zoom or in person, (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, like that is like a a, a big thing is um, knowing your brand and knowing what you put out there.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Gary. You got some? Oh, no, no, no,
1: yeah, 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 okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's really good. And um, if you don't, if we don't have anything uh, further to say, we can wrap up this discussion because it's it's truly been a good one, and it's a continued discussion. Um, but I, I really wanted to, um, bring Gary and Satara here, um, as a mother of, um, the blog, um, the Thrive Matters and, um, doing this podcast. I want to first, which is a value system too. I, for me, I want, wanted to first bring in, um, who I impacted. Um, I, I feel the most like, you know, w- watching them grow up and, kind of directing them, helping to direct them into, you know, their desires. I remember, you know, Satara, um, she'll probably giggle. She don't know what story is coming up. Right. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> she doesn't know. She doesn't mm-hmm. know. Um, where back when with technology, you know, we you, you had to turn this computer on And it took years, seemingly, to boot up. (laughs) And um, you had to give these DOS prompts, and you had these three-and-a-half-inch floppies. And so, um, Satara, you were probably, I think, four. And I was, you know, put this program in called Monkeys. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) we would, uh, I was making some chili. And, you know, I, I was fascinated by the way that you had looked over my shoulder somehow. And you brought up that command. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I went to Mm -hmm. stir the chili or something. I come back and you got that whole program running. So that, that was just remarkable to me and Gary, how, um, you know, you, you're just thrived on that, on the creative end. And I'm just amazed, um, with both of you and amazed about how you, um, are so creative as, as a writer, um, And things that you do. And these are two people that they're my children. I get to be their mother, but I have such a high level of respect for them. I check in with them on things. Um, And these are kids that have to deal with mom jokes and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, day, at the end of the day, (laughs) um, at the end of the day, you know, I really uh, can trust their knowledge and I check in with them on even things that I'm doing. Um, with Thrive Matters and stuff like that. And they're always on point. And I'm so thankful that you came in today um, to share because you are sincerely doing well out there and thriving. I've watched you in your careers and I've watched you um, you know, just grow. Tara, I watch you thrive it out with your business, you know, at the end of 2020, how you walk those steps. Mm. So when you say you are structured, I'm like, look at her go. <laughs> she needs to be my mentor here. Like you, you rocked it out. Mm. And uh, Gary, you know, with your t-shirt line and um, Gary, he does things. He like, you know, keeps it close to his heart. Next thing you know, bam, it is out there. So um, I, I love that. I love how both of you operate. Um, this is truly not the last time um, for you coming in here. But thank you for coming in and sharing uh, with the listeners success tips for salary negotiations and career transitions. We thank you so much for listening today. that.